I'd like to welcome you back to this next edition on the Reclaim podcast. We're going to look at John uh, 29 through 42. And uh, if you haven't already figured this out, you don't have Kyle this week. You've got Jeff, and uh, we're going to go on an adventure with the scripture together today. So I will follow the tradition of Kyle, and we'll just start things off by reading the passage we're going to look at. So this is John 1. 29 through 42. Here we go. The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he on behalf of whom I said, After me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. I did not recognize him, but so that he might be manifested to Israel, I came baptizing in water. John testified, saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven and remained upon him. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me baptized in water said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. I myself have seen and testify that this is the Son of God. Again the next day, John was standing with his two disciples, and he looked at Jesus, and he walked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and saw them following, and said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you'll see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found first his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which translated is Peter. And so that's our passage we're going to take some time here and dive into. And it's kind of an interesting context on here. If we read the other Gospels of kind of the same time frame, same narrative stuff, there's a little different story being played out where John, the author John, didn't spend so much time on this factual historical narrative that uh, others did. So we don't have John uh, the Baptist story on baptizing Jesus. We don't have Jesus in the wilderness uh, there's no like heavy emphasis on the Holy Spirit here. Um, so it's kind of a different narrative that we have, and it kind of fits the role of the book of John. And so John's goal here is more on identity of Christ, and so that's where he's really focusing. So that's what I'd like to do as we um, get into this. I kind of want to point out two things that are happening that are actually pretty important in this passage. And so the first one here is that John puts a heavy emphasis on the names of Jesus, these different attributes of Jesus. And so these are titles of Jesus that we see throughout this passage. Uh, you could kind of equate it to the things that you would describe yourself of, some little titles on there. I think uh, I could call myself dad. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a brother. I'm a coworker. I'm a Christian. I'm a chaplain. So there's different titles that we put on ourselves. And what John was doing here, author John, was taking this time early in the book of John to set a perspective and say, hey, these are the seven things that we're going to work on and, and lay a foundation of in the book of John. 
And so those seven things in the passage we just read were Lamb of God, Rabbi, Son of God, King of Israel, Son of Man, the Messiah, and there's Jesus of Nazareth, which is actually in the next verse there, but it completes the seven areas that John was looking at. So John had a heavy emphasis here on identity and calling out these aspects of Jesus. And so he has this goal to lay this out in front of us early in the book to say, hey, we're going to be proving throughout this book that he's this, he is the Messiah. He's the Savior that we may have life in his name. So this is a, a pretty big part of the book of John. The other part in this passage is that this is really a big transition moment. It's a transition moment for Jesus, obviously, because he starts his public ministry in this. And it's also a pretty big point in there for uh, John the Baptist, because John the Baptist is kind of closing out this chapter of life, and he's releasing his disciples to Jesus. So two big transitions happening there. So with all that context, let's kind of look at how we apply this a little bit. Uh, first of all, I think it's interesting just to put ourselves in John the Baptist's shoes. Uh, there has to be some part of John that really celebrates this moment. This is like his life mission and purpose was to bring an awareness of the Christ coming, of Jesus coming, the Messiah is here. Like that's his whole outlook on life, what he has been going after. And so he's raising up these disciples uh, for that purpose. And it's just interesting to see that John's finally there. So he's celebrating that. But at the same time, if you've ever had to let go of something, if you've ever been in a season of transition, you know that that's not the easiest thing. So I kind of feel for John on this. Um, my wife and I have some kids that are no longer eating off the kids' menu, and uh, they're older, and we start to talk about empty nest type stuff as uh, our oldest is a senior in high school coming up this fall. So we're like feeling the end of childhood uh, times with us for our own kids. And so uh, you have this kind of thing where I kind of feel like John does. Like I'm raising them up. I'm trying to make sure they make good decisions. I'm pointing them to Jesus. But at the end of the day, when he comes, when Jesus comes, it's still up to them to make that decision to follow Christ, which they do. And so John's got to be happy about that. But kids leaving the house, that's not an easy thing. So I kind of feel for John as he's losing these friendships that he's done in there. So uh, what my wife has said is when the empty nest season comes, our dog that we have now will start to get up in some years. And so she's going to fill that void with a puppy. She's already laid that out and said, hey, when our youngest, Patty, is is out of the house, we're getting a puppy. So uh, maybe if we were there, we would get John the Baptist, uh, like a Labradoodle puppy or something really cute, Golden Retriever puppy. And so I think he could use a friend in there to kind of feel his pain. But all that to say, letting go is hard, transition is hard, and yet John models out this really selfless way of turning over his followers to Jesus. Like, it flows so well out of John's own security and his own identity and knowing that seasons change, that things are about to change. I think it's easier for us. We have all of this perspective on history. We have the other Gospels. We know, like, the end of the story with Jesus, but John didn't really have that is he's at a position where he's releasing these disciples to Jesus and it's a reality for him that says 
you know what? A lot of his life purpose, a lot of what he was created for to be on this earth was very much not about John. It was very much to celebrate and bring an awareness to Jesus. So as I read this passage in John, I'm also very aware that I have a role in other people's lives and other people have a role in my life, that we are not meant to be isolated. We're not meant to be lone rangers in life. We're supposed to be encouraging one another, lifting one another up, calling out those good identity things and saying, this is who you are, you know, holding being able to see someone and remove the obstacles that keep them from reaching their potential. We're all supposed to be doing that for one another. So John lays that out and says, you know what? It's just not about me. It's not just about my teaching or my followers, but he was able to put all that aside. Uh, when I was working in Pennsylvania, I worked in Pennsylvania for 14 years or 13 years, and I was working with this ministry and the leader of that ministry, his name's Randy, he used this phrase quite a bit called um, trying to build my ceiling to be their floor, meaning what I want to invest myself intentionally in life. I want to build something up. I want to grow in advance in a way that I can pass it on to the next generation or to kids or to someone that I'm mentoring so that this doesn't get left behind, that I'm intentional about my life saying, I'm just not going to have my time on earth be just for me, but I'm going to do something to impact others around me in the future generations. And that's so much of what John the Baptist was doing here. So it's, it's a great, great model for us as we read this passage. The other thing about John the Baptist was back to this identity thing. I think Kyle talked about identity last time as well, but the entire book of John is so much about identity. I think we're always going to be hearing that word as we explore John. But here we see John saying uh, that he's going to take this humble, very trusting route that he was willing to transition to a new season. And if you do that, that means that you're willing to let go of things, that you don't get stuck in the past. I think sometimes for us, it gets rather dangerous to hold on to things that are in the past when the Lord is moving us to new things, to greater things. You know, it could be aspects of our identity that uh, are negative things that we've held on to. Maybe, you know, there's a pain or a hurt in the back and we've held on to that season and we need to let it go. Or it could be positive things and we don't want to let it go because of the complacency, the comfort that it gives us. But if it's not meant to where we're supposed to be, then it's hard to let it go. But John the Baptist shows us, his, his, he's saying that he has this ability to trust the Lord. He's secure in his identity in Christ and saying, I see my role in here. I'm going to let this go. And I trust that there's greater things ahead. And that's a beautiful story for us, that the Lord is always trying to move us forward, trying to move us on to greater things. It's not for us to be holding on to the past. We're meant to be advancing. We're meant to be able to look at where our relationships are with the Lord and with others and say, hey, we want to redefine that. Maybe it's not as good as we thought it was. Maybe there's a better depth to this situation or to our relationships with Jesus or with your spouse, or with your kids, or with friends, or maybe it's in a work, or skill, or personal character traits, right? So I think it's easy for us to get complacent, but in this, John shows us that, hey, it's okay to let the past go, and to be able to trust him, and to work on things, and to redefine what we are really calling success sometimes, and say, hey, maybe there's more to it. So it's a great transitional story we have with John the Baptist here. 
The other big transition in the second half of the scripture that we're reading today is the movement from Jesus into public ministry. And John the Baptist's disciples leave John and start to follow Jesus. And it's interesting how the author, John, lays this out for us. And it really kind of summarizes two of the biggest keys that are given to us in the whole gospel message. The first one being that Jesus's answer or Jesus's first question to the disciples when he figured out that they were following him, he said, hey, what do you seek? Your, your description or your translation might say, what do you want? And so that's kind of an interesting question. And so this isn't like Jesus laid out a model that said, hey, guys, I'm about to go raise the dead and heal the sick and cast demons out and it's going to be nutty. Do you want to do you want in on this adventure? He didn't lay it out in that way. It was very much a faith thing for these followers, too, because Jesus didn't like make an exciting case for following him. He just said, follow me. So we see this question of asking the disciples, what is it that you seek? And we see that all throughout the gospel. He's still asking us that today. What is it that you seek? He, he's still asking of us to come to him and say, hey, please be vulnerable with me. Be transparent with me. Ask of me, what do you need? The other part of it, when uh, Jesus replied back to him and the disciples said, hey, where are you going tonight? Jesus didn't give a clear answer. He gave what is also part of the bigger gospel narrative, which is come and see. And so it's a call of Jesus to follow him. So the first part that we're seeing is, hey, I want you to be very vulnerable. I want you to be transparent. I want to have this relationship with you. I want to see the true you. And in that, the answer to what you're requesting, the answer to life, the answer to what you're pursuing is found when you follow me. And so this whole thing is summarized in just those short little bits that we get there, that we see this transition of Jesus into ministry, John laying out the basics of the gospel message right there in front of us. So I hope that when you read this, that this scripture comes alive to you. I think when I read this for the first time, I don't think I would have landed where I landed now when I, when I first read it. But that's kind of what happens when you read scripture. It comes alive and you see different things. So maybe you're seeing different things than I am, and hopefully you are. But hopefully this comes alive to you as well. Uh, but let's close out this time. Let me pray for you and what we'll call today here. Uh, Father, first of all, we thank you for this time that we have together. We thank you for your goodness, your love for us, that we have this ability to share in this time together uh, and explore and learn from your word, learn from one another. That is a privilege that not everyone has. So I don't take that lightly. Thank you that we have this ability to do it. And simply, we present ourselves to you today. We say, Father, we do want to be vulnerable. We do want to be transparent to you. Help us to follow you. Help us to have a clarity, a sensitivity to you and what you're doing in our lives. Help us not to hold on to the past, but be able to transition when we need to get out of the old and into the new. Draw us deeper. Give us a curiosity for the things that you're leading us into. Um, curiosity, not complacency. Just keep us moving forward. Um, so, Father, we thank you again for this time. We pray that you be fresh and new to us today and tomorrow and the following days as we process this word. In the name of Christ.